You're listening to One Good Take, the podcast that delves into the nitty-gritty of film development and distribution and explores the often elusive chemistry that brings a film to life. By the end of each new episode, my hope is that you will have gleaned some new and creative ways of going about film finance and feel freshly motivated. I'm talking today with Peter Storey, who runs Greenlit, the new British-based crowdfunding platform dedicated to film. Their goal is to help established and emerging artists bring their visions to life and promote diverse voices in filmmaking. They deal with film projects at all stages of the process, from development, through production, and into distribution. Well, thanks for being with me. No, it's a pleasure, mate. Great, yeah, yeah. Nice day. We should uh, be out there, really, although with the regulations, we can't count with me. Yeah. So, yeah, I came across you through, I probably searched through crowdfunding, and I suppose the Mm -hmm. first question would be, What's your USP? What makes you a little bit different from the others like Indiegogo, Kickstarter, Seed and Spark? It's, inter- it's interesting you mention those. Um, Kickstarter and Indiegogo are, are, the, are the market leaders. You know, they, they have a huge presence, and that's also their failing. They, they are commodity platforms. Their, their real business is more aligned with products than it is with filmmaking, of course. They've had some notable successes, and filmmaking has been quite a... a staple of their platforms but they operate more like a numbers game they don't take it there's no particular passion for the craft or for the art of filmmaking it's more a case that they just put the volume through and if you're successful as a filmmaker or not it kind of doesn't matter as long as they have enough successful projects coming through um seed and spark was, was a very big influence for us we saw them doing fantastic work in america building community actually helping filmmakers with their crowdfunding campaigns and actually having some passion for what was being done there yeah and we thought yeah. great this is this is something that the uk market needs as well um so in that regard we tried to set ourselves up as, as a little bit of an alternative yeah no absolutely that's i think that's the missing space really that a little bit more involvement a little bit more tailored to the individual filmmakers needs so that yeah they can tap into resources they would otherwise have missed. Couldn't couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you know, filmmaking is not the same as as you know launching a, a street food truck or or a set of smart luggage. There are very very specific things in the way that a film audience behaves, and and the people that are going to be interested in backing your film are not necessarily going to be the same people want to engage with the commodities that are available on those commodity platforms. Tell us a little bit about some of the recent projects you've been helping the producers you, who you're working with. Well, we've, we've had some um, very interesting projects come through. Um, we worked on a documentary called One Man and His Shoes, which was a project that had been about five years to date in the making. Um, the producers had assembled this, this documentary, which was about the Nike Air Jordan trainer sneaker if you prefer which yeah. was which was not just a fashion icon it, it had a huge cultural impact so they they created this documentary kind of evenings and weekends over a period of years and finally got accepted into south by southwest which was fantastic news although they didn't quite have enough money to to actually finish the film or to get themselves on the plane over there so we came on board with that one um 
and it was a terrifically successful campaign. Okay, so, so had, how much had, are we talking about in terms of the raise? Uh, they raised, they, well, what I was going to want to say is, is how circumstances kind of conspired because the coronavirus lockdown yeah. effectively ended their campaign in its prime. Um, which got fifth through up to fifteen thousand pounds of a more than fifteen thousand pounds of a twenty thousand pound campaign. That's pretty good, yeah. And then yeah. and then corona, coronavirus struck. Yeah, and oh, it damn. took the wind out of the sails of, of both the campaign and of course South by Southwest itself was fully cancelled. Yeah. They're they're pretty stoic about it and they've been able to finish the film and attracting quite a lot of interest from from sales agents from distributors because because it's a great piece of work yeah but it just goes to show that these are these are testing times in all aspects of the whole business yeah 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 i suppose like any way to look at these things is at least they got to fifteen thousand, not sort of five you know so they managed well, exactly. to build some momentum exactly yeah exactly exactly yeah. so we've, we've got we've got some terrific projects that are on the platform at the moment as well and to respond to the situation we have at the moment has, has been very problematic it's nobody knows nobody knows how you know th this lockdown's going to play out uh, i guess for anyone listening to this down the line we're just beginning the third week of of lockdown here in the uk for coronavirus so you may yeah, listen to this no end in sight really well absolutely so yeah. we don't know how it's going to play but we are encouraging filmmakers to not so worry so much about the money or, or people pledging or persuading people to, to make pledges but it's all about community at the moment it's all about engaging with people that are going to be your audience and the people that are going to want to to see what you're coming up with and that's that's always been a very important part of our ethos so sure we just, and given have, to, that we, we just have to respond to that yeah and given that we have more time if you like is that now something you can build into these campaigns? Because the typical campaign might be, say, a month, perhaps six weeks. Yeah. yeah. So is it now more sensible to look in terms of two to two and a half months, simply because, as you say, we really don't know where what we're headed to? You know. We... Yeah, uh, that's that's absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things about a successful crowdfunding campaign is it's it's very intense. If you, if you wish to do it successfully, you're going to be working on it fairly intensely in promoting your film and promoting the campaign itself. So we advocate a 30-day campaign for the reason that that shorter than that, you're, you're potentially missing out on some opportunities. And if you go longer than 30 days, you're going to have burnout. You're, you're, you're not going to be able to address exactly. it with the intensity that... that is most effective in, in a campaign. Um, we also advocate that you do your preparation and, and a, a 60 to 90 day period when you've got the date of public launch in your mind to start to assemble everything that you need to do your campaign. 60 to 90 days beforehand is, is definitely optimal. Um, so this, this extended period doesn't hurt at all. It allows you know, filmmakers to spend that little bit more time in, in prep and building out their campaign and, and getting ready to go forward yeah. when you know, things hopefully are a little bit more back to normal. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about in, well, in detail about the kind of help you offer. Is it sort of video tutorial based? Is it actually hands-on where you send emails and maybe even call people and suggest yeah, things sure. they could do? Talk sure. Talk to us a little bit I about mean, that. We... 
when we launched Greenlit and, and the whole idea of Greenlit was that we had to offer something that was going to be different to those big commodity players. And the way to do that is, is simply with engaging with, with filmmakers on, on a one-to-one -one basis. And so we have been doing training courses. We've been doing one-to-one -one consultations with filmmakers. Everybody who works with Greenlit, works for Greenlit rather, comes from a filmmaking background, myself included. So yep. we try and listen to the problems and, and understand how that works. And I teach, I teach courses on an independent basis, but I also do it at a number of universities and film schools. And one of the issues is that filmmakers, producers, unless they've come from marketing or from distribution, from those backgrounds, or from exhibition even, the whole idea of marketing is, is very alien to them. They tend to think it's synonymous with selling. They tend to think that there's something um, slightly devious about it. And it's all about persuading people just to, just to open their wallets. So we start with very basic principles of what is marketing? Well, in fact, it's about engaging with the people that you, you want to reach. Yeah, it's creating and, a different mindset, really, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly, exactly so. If you if you reframe the business of marketing your crowdfunding campaign or your film itself, if you reframe that in terms of it's about finding people who want to hear what you have to say as a creator, it's a very different thing. But when, when we teach this stuff, I found myself starting with, with very basic principles. What is marketing? What is a brand? And, and how are those things applicable? Um, and then we, we try and work through different aspects of a crowdfunding campaign. So what materials should you start to have in place? You know, resources like still images. You should have still images in different resolutions for web publications. You should have them for print. You should get your design consistent at an early stage. You don't have to spend a lot on, on branding or... or logos or, or that kind of imagery but you do have to have a consistent look and a consistent feel what does your video look like if you're going to make a video we'll give you some ideas of what should be in it send send us the rough cuts we'll give you feedback on that kind of thing so we, we try and engage that that little bit more actively as people go along how do you write a press release we can help we can certainly help you with that yeah so all these components are things that filmmakers as i say unless they've come from a job that has specific marketing expertise, they probably won't have even thought about these things, let alone done them. So that's that's the kind of area we, we guide people. And we always try and be on the end of the phone or an email if, if there's something specific like that we can help with. Yeah, I'd stress, we're not going to do your marketing for you, but no. we're definitely going to advise you on the best way that you can tackle it. Yeah, more like a consultancy from that point of view. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, and we'll always have that, you know, in the, in the run-up to the campaign and when you're live. So we try and be as helpful as we can. Yeah. And do you um, at all go beyond that sort of initial fundraise, like help other filmmakers network within the community at Greenlit? So put, oh, you know, one producer so. in touch yeah. with another producer who maybe there's a copro angle there or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, very, very much so indeed. So one of our very first films uh, was a, a director called Mark Brennan who you may have also come across, he runs the Exit 6 Film Festival in Basingstoke. So okay. Very well-established and well-liked festival for short films. So Mark was one of our very early directors, filmmakers that, that we worked with, and I now regard Mark as a personal friend. But we have then gone on to help 
so many people from the the XX6 family, so filmmakers that were showing films at his festival. Uh, we have a film called Unready, which is on the platform at the moment, which I'd urge everybody to go and check out. Um, very beautiful uh, drama with, with some very strong religious and, and ethical themes to it. But the director of that was an actor that worked with Mark in his previous short. Okay. The producers, Mark's stepped onto that as a producer. So we do tend to have that immersion in the community. And, and if there's some another aspect of production that a producer is lacking, then by all means ask, because it's a fair bet we'll know somebody who can help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what the main proportion of, of the projects are short films or you've got to even split between short and long format? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a pretty broad spread. It's a pretty broad spread. Um, shorts are, are, of course, very important to us. But we're also seeing longer projects come through, if not raising their full budgets, certainly raising a, a portion of their budgets. And that's particularly true of the documentary space. So we, we've got, stroke, had a number of feature-length documentaries in the pipeline. The time frame has now been challenged by the coronavirus situation, but we're starting to move our way up the value chain and work with producers on, on longer form, higher budgeted stuff as well. And yeah. the principles are identical. It's just more of the same and, and more challenging because of the higher budgets involved. We've, we've done micro features. Um, we did a, the first feature film we did was called American Dreamers, which was a road trip movie um, shot in a very guerrilla style, but up and down the coast of California and also parts of Canada, Dublin, but California. But the budget for that was, was 15,000 pounds. That's pretty impressive, isn't it, it was, to do any because it, because it was, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was um, shot in a, I say, in a very guerrilla style, and, and the filmmakers basically took their road trip in an RV, and, and that became the film. And it was, yeah. it was, you know, partially scripted, partially improvised. So they were able to pull that off. Um, and that, that, was, that was the first one we did, and that was, that was very successful. The next feature film we did um, was a film called Getting Away with Murders, which was from. A, director David Wilkinson and David's been a fixture around the indie film scene for many years as a, as a distributor and as a filmmaker with his company Guerrilla Films and the budget for that was half a million pounds of which we were able to assemble about a little over 30k uh, which was actually pretty much what we set out to do that was an interesting case study because obviously that proportion of budget is is helpful without being massively significant or, or essential but the act of doing the crowdfunding campaign was a terrific shop window for the material and David was able to show people and use rich material and videos to demonstrate you know where he was at as a filmmaker and, and the life of the project and what he intended to do and it worked fantastically well for that and it managed to cement the relationships that David had been having elsewhere and off platform. So he'd been talking with investors and talking to potential backers and charitable organizations. And they were able to see the campaign and see the enthusiasm that the audience was, was having for that film. And he was able to close a number of relationships and, and deals off platform. So even though that wasn't strictly via greenlit as a platform, it was actually a very successful outcome for the, for the film. And it, 
led to to funding and relationships. That, that's a really interesting point, say. actually. I hadn't even heard of that. I mean, it seems on one level pretty obvious that a crowdfunding campaign should provide you with leverage, but you've made the point here, which uh, very few crowdfunding platforms seem to be, uh, inve- uh, what would you call it, just looking into or promoting. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, yeah. I think it, it is, as you say, a platform. It's a way of building a community, a potential audience, um, Absolutely, it is yeah. an excuse yeah. to talk about your project legitimately. Um, yeah, so yeah, uh, even though it's thirty k, it's 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 more than that in a way, really. Absolutely, it is, and and indeed with with the awareness and the you know the smaller backers that were able to come in, the relationship you have with with your backing community is very important, and a lot of people don't necessarily think through. It's it's like what I was saying about understanding that the basic transaction and, and what marketing is they don't necessarily go out of their way to understand what the backers are are after and you know you might think it was well they you know they want a dvd or they want to go to a screen or they want to get a t-shirt but in reality it's a much more substantial relationship than that yeah, it's an emotional connection for one thing, isn't it? It's 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 an emotional connection, and and it's a, a you might say a three way connection. So it's between the film project and, and the material and the subject matter, and the backer, and also the filmmaker themselves. So the filmmaker is very passionate and very much an advocate for for what they're doing. Then that goes a huge huge way to convincing people to to come along. And I always, I talk about this in terms of classic script writing theory. And a lot of filmmakers, a lot of people listening to podcasts will know Joseph Campbell and The Hero's Journey. And The Hero's Journey inevitably starts off with, with a young person in the village who get called upon to undergo a quest, whereby they, at a very early stage, they will have their doubts and then they'll have the support of, of a mentor or a mage. And... That's very much how the crowdfunding relationship works because people that are supporting your film want to come on the journey with you and they want to see the challenges and they want to see you tested as a filmmaker, as, as an entrepreneur and as a creator and they want to see you overcome those challenges and that it's almost like a crowdfunding campaign will have a narrative of its, of own. its own. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So, so if you have that perspective and you understand that people, you know, really want to see behind the curtain and they want to experience the creative journey, then that's an incredibly powerful way to, to think about your campaign and to structure it and to structure all your communications with it. And the backers that we we have coming through and the super backers, we see people coming through the, the backing project after project, not simply because they want a screening, but they're actually fascinated by, by the process and the emotional journey that the filmmakers are going on. So that's absolutely critical that people embarking on crowdfunding campaign just have a little bit of insight and a little bit of awareness into that. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, so this 30,000, for example, was that yeah. starting from scratch? So it's zero to 30,000, so basically development money to enable them to then go out and raise, you know, perhaps a name or two, uh, get locations that might otherwise have been out of their reach. Well, getting away with murders is interesting because the project had been underway over two years previously to coming with us and, and 
great swathes of the film had been shot in, in Europe in the Baltics. Um, and there were a number of interviewees in the United States. The, the film was about the Holocaust. I've mentioned that before, but it was it was a dissection of the judicial reaction um, to, to the Holocaust and, and about how justice was was not perhaps done um, as totally as it might have been in the years following the Second World War. And there were a number of interviewees, Holocaust survivors, participants in the process, participants in the judicial process, that were in all living in the United States. And, you know, these people are, are into their, their late 80s, they're the very youngest in their late 80s and their 90s, they're centenarians. So it was critical and urgent that we'd be able to get those interviews and, and to get their testimony before, before it was too late. So it was under the clock. But it was also additional to, to the material that had been shot for the film already. So it was demonstrably going to make the film better and, and give it an angle and, and give it some um, content and some, some experiences from the United States. So that was a very useful, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a very useful additionality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To the, yeah. To, to, the, to, to the film. The film could have been done without it, but by the participation yeah. of the people backing it in the crowdfunding campaign, we were able to get all this extra material. Yeah, and bring in, so of course, an American audience testimony. because you've got the American location, yeah. the voices, yeah. the people. Yeah. yeah. Precisely so. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was the, the reasoning and the rationale. Um, but as I say, the, the activity and then the purpose of doing the crowdfunding campaign went beyond that, that 30 grand that we pulled together. Yeah. Yeah, so it was made for how much in the end? But was it five hundred? Uh, you said over, overall budget is yes, it's about half a million pounds. Yeah, yeah. It's, and and filming is still underway. Oh, so right, watch watch this space. Yeah, yeah. I suppose in America it's still in certain parts not quite so locked down. I mean, New York obviously is is very locked down, but I yeah. think there are quite a few areas in the states that are still having films made, aren't aren't there? Not many, but there I'm are a few. Together, sure, not many, yeah. not many. Yeah. No, I yeah, mean probably now. Probably urban centres, yeah, California and New York State are all locked down. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was very fortunate that David was able to get this stuff in again two three weeks before yeah. the lockdown kicked in. He's, he's, this, a lot of it was in. Yeah, Florida, this is probably a good time which is, which to work on post. Spot. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can get a lot done now on that side of it, and then perhaps go and do a few more pickups. Well, it's a bit less dangerous, isn't it? Uh, yeah, quite. Yeah, exactly. And how are you coping? Um, are you staying absolutely at home until you have to sort of wander down to the shops? I am. I'm. I'm in my spare bedroom. Yeah, the back of my house in Suffolk, um, which is fine. There's not a lot of client-facing stuff we can do at the moment, but it's been a great opportunity to start to address all the little software bugs and all the little niggles that, that we've had on the site since, yeah, since yeah. we opened the doors almost a year ago. So, you know, we, we're doing what we can. But yeah. there's also, I'm, I've been delighted with, with the number of inquiries that we've been fielding and, and people gearing up for projects, ready to shoot as soon as, as, soon as we're able to. It's um, yeah. it, it, you know, it's, it's been very, very encouraging the the creative energy that people still have. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, when when things get back to normalish and, and late summer, 
hopefully this is going to be quite a, a head of steam of projects all ready to go. Cool. Just tell me a little bit about uh, your organisation, the, the company. I know it's you, and you mentioned, I think, in our first call, was it Magdalena you work with? So Yeah, yeah. So, so we, uh, Magdalena Fertner is a very experienced creator, filmmaker, musician um, in her own right, and she joined at the start of the year as, as our head of community. And she's got her, her depth of experience in her own crowdfunding projects and, and as a filmmaker has been absolutely essential. So, so she's kind of the, the um, client facing yeah. okay. uh, member of the team. So, so if you're working on a campaign, she's, she's the one that's very hands-on in, in giving you guidance and feedback on, on a day-to-day basis. So that's enabled me to, to step back a little bit and, and deal more with operational aspects and, and the future of the business as well. Yeah. Um, got great plans for later this year. So, um, yeah, let's just hope the pandemic allows you to get on with it. Well, exactly, yeah. exactly so. Yeah, no, exactly. Okay, well, many thanks for talking to me, Peter. Um, very interesting what you're doing. Pleasure, yeah, and, uh, you know, we'll be in touch soon. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, take care. Yeah. Good one, you too. Stay well. I've been talking to Peter Story, the man behind Greenlit Fund. I'm Nicholas Penrake, and you've been listening to One Good Take. Thanks for listening.